Christmas, CMA Country Christmas. A newborn king to see, ba-rum-ba-bum-bum. Our finest gifts we bring, ba-rum-ba-bum-bum. Too late before the king, ba-rum-ba-bum-bum. Rum-ba-bum-bum, rum-ba-bum-bum. To honor him, pa-rum, pa-pum, pum When we Family, wake up, rise up. I have no gifts to bring. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Rise Up here on this beautiful Friday, December 9th. 
What a week we've had, ladies and gentlemen. I am absolutely exhausted from this week. I, uh, my body was not used to doing, or my mind, body, and my soul was not used to doing three shows, but we got through it, ladies and gentlemen. We got through our very first full week of the Rise Up podcast here at 9 a.m. on LFA TV. What a blessing this show has been to me. I know it's been a blessing to a lot of you. I'm getting messages, so many messages. I love to hear them talk with their Aussie accents. Yes, so what you just saw was for King and Country. That was a couple of years back when they did the CMA Country Christmas uh, Music Awards, uh, obviously at Christmas. And King of Country, what a, a wonderful band group they are. You know, they've um, the the two lead the two lead singers there and the lead. Uh, leads are brothers and the lead singer there his wife uh and his family had a lot of issues with uh drug addiction and so they go around the world not only performing obviously uh but they go around the world and they help people that are addicted to pills addicted to drugs they help them get out of addiction he's also in a wonderful movie um on pure flicks uh if you get a chance i would definitely watch it but ever ever since i saw for king and country do that performance right there I was hooked I'm I'm a drummer uh at heart so that's my that is what uh I play in our worship team is the drums I've always played the drums since I was like I don't know 12 years old so to to me that was just you know that was heaven that was awesome so let me remove these let me remove these uh headphones now because we don't need those anymore and I do want to thank you and welcome all of you to this rise up podcast thank you very much Um, I did not get a a morning newsletter out today and I must inform all of you that are here right now anyway uh, that I will we will not be here tonight okay my daughter my five-year-old has a um, a, a, a Christmas uh, play that she's doing and it slipped my mind honestly this week that she had that tonight and that's actually starts uh, before I even get out of my night show so I will not be uh, here for the night show because there's no way I am missing my five-year-old Christmas party or Christmas show play so um, uh, so I just wanted to let you guys know that and again this morning sorry I didn't get a newsletter out but we're going to be doing plenty of devotional right here Rosebud says Jeremy can we just exhale and step into the peace of one another with a rise up show yes we can yes we can and this show is so different than live from america if you're just joining in for the first time this morning maybe this is your first rise up uh very very different than the other uh stuff that i do very different than the other shows on live from america or lfa tv and really it all came about because everybody knows how much i love coffee right I mean, I am a coffee enthusiast. I love it. Uh, I love all different kinds of coffee. I like it with cream, with no cream, with sugar, with no sugar. I'm just, I love coffee. So for a year, we were working on getting out our own coffee for a very long time. Now, we don't have money and funds like uh, Mr. Mike Lindell or other people. So it took us a long time to work on this. Um, and so we got two kinds out here. We got the Sumatra Gold, which is the dark roast. And we've got the American Pecan or the American Pecan, depending on where you live, which is the light and medium roast. And of course, as you see, we put the cross on the back. We are not afraid to show the love for our God. And uh, I expected this to be an entirely different company than LFA Media Company. So I thought to myself, I go, what cool, what better way uh, to sit and sip the, my favorite coffee uh, than with the LFA family who have 
grown right alongside me, has grown right along with me, not only in uh, fellowship with one another, but with our knowledge of the word of God over the last few years. And I just thought, wow, this would be a great opportunity. And then I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying to spend more time with God because I feel so guilty that I don't make more time for him. And so it just worked out. I really believe that God was just prepping you, prepping me through life from America to be able to do this. And then the nine o'clock hour opened up with Antonio Sabato no longer being here on LFA TV. And it just made sense to do this. So I will ask you all, and I'll continue to ask you, is this uh, Rise Up podcast something that you want to see continue? Because if it is something that you want to see continue, um, then I will keep doing it because I believe it is for a reason. If it's not something that you'd like to see and you'd rather see another news show at nine o'clock, please let me know uh, as well. And we'll do that. We'll do that too. And anybody who has uh, purchased this coffee, let us know in the comment thread if you've purchased it and if you've uh, already had a chance to sip it. You should have it with you right now. Pecan is a urinal, says Beanery. That's funny. That is absolutely hilarious. That's great. I'm going to use that in the future. Love this and coffee. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Um, it looks like let's pop on the Rumble chat here. Uh, we're gonna, we've got the Rumble chat always live, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to go to the Rumble chat here real quick. Let me just get it. Um, there it is right there. Okay, let's pop in this Rumble chat. We'll see if people want us to keep doing this or not. Look at that. Yes, definitely. I enjoy it very much. Absolutely. Yes, continue. If you can handle it, but if it's too much, don't want you to have to be stretched out. Well, thank you. We're going to be working on some time budgeting so that if we do keep doing it, uh, we'll definitely be able to do it without, you know, getting too tired. Uh, setting my alarms for the show. Yes, yes, yes. Rise up is just what we all needed. Keep going with it, Jeremy. Yes, but do not overwhelm yourself. Thank you very much for actually caring about, you know, the health because it, it takes a lot. Three shows a day is something like I've never experienced. Rise up is great. Keep doing the show. Love this show. Waiting for coffee to be delivered. That's incredible. Yes, keep continuing. Now I feel bad because it's a lot on you, but I really love this. I'm loving my Rise Up coffee. Wow, yes, please continue. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I always, always, always refer to your judgment when it comes to taking a new sponsor, when it comes to you know making a big decision here on Live from America. I ask you guys first. Jeremy, today is my son Dawson's 22nd birthday. You spoke to him on the phone at a Philly event for a few seconds. Can you give him a shout-out, please? Uh, Dawson, 22 years old, obviously a good head on your shoulders, I'm going to do it right now. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dawson. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, brother. Uh, Jeremy, I perceive your call is higher than worldly news and rise up as your training ground. I honestly believe that you might be right. Ashley says, I need some of that coffee. Well, guess what? We're going to be giving some of that coffee away around Christmas time. Uh, so we're going to be doing the same thing we do with t-shirts. We'll be giving things away. But I want to go to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, and, and right now. Um, and, and before we do, please just rumble this video real quick. Just like it. It's that easy. Just hit the plus sign. If you're watching on the app, hit the uh, boxing glove on the top of the video. Or if you're watching on something else and it's just a uh, thumbs up, then click that too, please. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's remove our hats and let's go to the Lord 
Lord in prayer for this show and for everything that we're doing here uh, to further the word of God. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, every day we just thank you so very much. And it's easy, Lord, to just say thank you, but it's very, very, uh, it's much more satisfying if we think of you uh, as an eternal being, uh, having heavenly power, having being the creator of everything. And saying thank you to you, Lord, is very much different than saying thank you to somebody here on earth. It means so much more. It comes from the soul. It comes from the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we do really give you honor. We give you thanksgiving. We give you appreciate, show you appreciation. And we give you worship, Lord, for giving us the ability to be able to do this with one another, to be able to go to church with one another every single day. Church isn't just something that we should go to on Sunday. Let's make Monday our church. Let's make Tuesday and Wednesday Thursday and Friday, our church. Let's make Saturdays our church, Lord, because we should always be focused on you. We should start every day with you because it keeps us grounded, Lord. Help us stay on that narrow path together. Lord, we pray for all of the LFA family members who are struggling, whether it be with uh, health, whether it be with finances, whether it be with mental issues, whether it be with just loneliness and depression, Lord. We ask that you touch their hearts during this Christmas season, that you remind them what it is. Uh, to be alive, what it means to be with friends, with family, and how short life really is, Lord. Life is long, but life is short. It's incredible what you've given us, and we just want to show you that appreciation today as we give you worship, Lord. We pray that you protect us. We pray that you're with us during the show, and we pray that this gospel gets spread far and wide and, and is the most popular show on TV or internet for what it stands for. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Melissa says it's $16.99 plus $10 shipping and handling. And I know that's very expensive. We're going to change that, ladies and gentlemen, meaning that we're going um, to start a coffee club. And if you're part of the coffee club, then you will forego your shipping and handling. Um, and, and, and still basically, you know, you're just, pay, you're just getting that amount every month. You know, you're part of the po- coffee club every month. You're getting your coffee every month. You'll get a, you'll get a present every quarter with that coffee or something. And uh, you'll for- forego the shipping and handling. Cause I know it's expensive. You can get coffee for so much cheaper, but you know, we're not a big company. You know, we're just trying to do what we can do. And I always wanted to make my own coffee anyway, have, have our own brand. Uh, so if it makes money, it makes money. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not really about that. It's just about having something that we can all share together. Not only the gospel, but the coffee too. You know what I mean? Mind, body, taste, spirit, senses, sensories, eyes, hearing, seeing, all of that all together. I believe the more we're together the better we can actually uh, move through life. So let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. If you're joining for the first time, I will ask you to rumble, like, and share. Uh, Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on, uh, go to our lfatv.us. You can hear all the podcasts there, including this one. But I start my morning every day with this. It is one minute prayer for dads. Very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. One minute prayer for dads. Let's get into this right now. This keeps me grounded. This keeps me... um, on the right path as a father uh, for being with my children. But again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about how quick and how fast life goes and how there is literally no time. There's literally no time for fighting. There's no time for arguing. There's no time for being rude to each other because even though life feels long, before you know it, you are 90 years old if you're lucky and you're on your way out. So we're going to be talking quite a bit about that today, okay? All right, this world, 1 John 2, 16 and 17. 
all that is in this world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but from this world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2.16-17 through 17. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, as you keep seeing me look over here, I'm actually watching the chat as I do the show. So I don't want to miss anything important from you guys because I do want this to be interactive. Next week, you'll be able to call in through Telegram and actually be on the show so we can be even more interactive. I see the people saying that they're going to buy the coffee for presents even though they can't have it as well. It's truly great. Thank you. We Christian dads can easily be distracted by the glitter of the world. What is it that attracts you personally? Ambition? Money? Material goods? Whatever it is, it will likely cost you dad hours or even mom hours and still leave you dissatisfied. The thing is, if we're not satisfied by Christ and thus turn to the world for satisfaction, we're entering a maze that has no end. But dads who set aside their hunger for the world and focus on fatherhood will find themselves at the destination where happiness resides. And where happiness resides is in the light of the Lord. It is in joy. And you can only experience joy with God. You can't experience joy by being happy. There is a difference between happiness and joy. A murderer can be happy murdering. A thief can be happy stealing. An adulterer can be happy cheating on their spouse. But they'll never experience joy. That only comes with God. And now here is the prayer that goes along with that. God, I can be dazzled at times by the glitter of this present world. I know if I persist in following the attractions of this world, I know uh, that I will suffer great loss. God, your kingdom has so much more for me than this world. Today, more glitter will be thrown my way. Help me to recognize it for what it is, counterfeit riches, and then reject it at all costs. Instead, may I draw from you the joys of the world to come, your kingdom and your eternal reign. I want to share a story with you guys. And if you just if you are new to this show, it, this is very much like church. Very much like church. But a church the way I would do it if I was a pastor. And I'm not saying it's the right way. But I like to read from something and then I like to talk about something in my life that I'm experiencing or something that I heard from an email or something that I heard from somebody giving a call and saying, you know, this is an issue that we're having. I like to be able to uh, compare what I read to what is going on in our lives and how we can uh, apply more of what we hear each day here on this show to our lives and what we're doing and how we perceive things and how we go and make decisions and how we actually, uh, how we intake what the world is giving us and to filter it correctly before it comes back out. Garbage in, garbage out. Now I want to talk about, you know, my wife says, 
I told her that this show is like my own personal digital diary. And she said, because we were talking about continuing to do the show. I said, this show is like my own personal little digital diary. And my wife said, yeah, but it's very personal too, don't you think? Talking about my family. Yesterday, I talked to you guys about, you know, yelling at my children before school. And um, she said, don't you think that gets a little personal? And I say, look, I know where the line is. I know where the line is. But the problem with life is people stop talking about God. They stop talking about politics and they stop talking about personal feelings and everything is digitized and nothing is real. There's no shaking of the hands anymore. There's no looking in the eyes anymore at people. I want to be real and I want to be honest. So this morning, um, as I, I usually get here before producer Eli does, and he came in this morning and he watched a movie last night that actually made him really, really, really think about the finite world that we live in as it relates to your friends, your family, and your closest relationships. And he was talking about friendship. The movie that he watched last night made him really think about friendship, especially the friendship that him and I share, that, that we have. And I explained to him that in the Bible, the Bible really talks a lot about friendship. Jesus talked a lot about friendship. Friendship is so important, ladies and gentlemen. And friendship is literally the cornerstone and the foundation of your own marriage even. Friendship becomes first. In a relationship with somebody, friendship comes first. So in a lot of times, in a lot of ways, you might feel closer to your friend than you do your spouse. You might confide more in your best friend than you do your spouse. But forget not, ladies and gentlemen, your spouse was your best friend first. And maybe not. Maybe you have a best friend that you knew before your spouse. But your spouse does know you in a way that even your best friend doesn't. And then vice versa, your best friend knows you in a way that your spouse doesn't. Long story short, they're just as important. Your spouse, your relationship with your spouse. Kathy said Eli needs a raise. I agree. I wish that I could afford to give Eli a raise. But right now, his entire, his entire salary is run off you guys rumble ranting. So if we don't get any rumble rant donations or in a day or we're raising money for somebody else, that goes against what we could be paying him. So definitely, I agree. I agree. Um, he says, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, just remember, friendship is so important. And you have a friendship with your wife and hus or husband and you have a friendship with your um, best friend that are two different friendships, but not, neither one is more important than the other. Jesus, like I said, spoke a lot about friendship. Look what he did with the disciples and the apostles. And remember, disciples and apostles are not the same, okay? Disciples are not the same as apostles. Uh, Jesus spoke to the apostles and the disciples many times about friendship, and look what that did. Look how that brought them together. You know, Larry says, I used to have a lot of friends, but political conversations and praising God has eliminated most of my friends. Larry, here, I want to give you some advice. Larry, last night you heard me talking about um, uh, Indonesia. If you watch the show or Indonesia uh, outlawed sex outside of marriage and outlawed um, living together as a couple if you're not married. And they also said the same thing applies for um for, for, for foreigners and tourists. But the Bible literally says that. Diana, how do I donate to the show? Well, Diana, you can donate right through here through Rumble by Rumble Ranting, or you can go to jeremyherald.com and there's a donate button at the top and you can donate right there. Anything 
anything helps this show and the network continue. Um, but Larry, it talks about uh, tourists even having to follow that law. And I said, if you look at it from an earthly point of view, that law is pretty harsh. That's a pretty harsh law. But if you look at it a biblical point of view and from, from a Jesus point of view, that law is definitely needed in this world today. And it's exactly how we should be living. And why I said that, Eli could have made 70000 this year, but nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> That's right. That's because we spent that to help other people. Um, but uh, the same thing, Larry, goes for, you know, when you're talking with your friends and your family about politics and God and stuff like that, never shy away from talking about God, for sure. But when it comes to politics, maybe, just maybe, you uh, we should... We should recognize, just like we're in a foreign land, we are supposed to act accordingly by their traditions, by their rules, and by their culture as to not offend them. Because there is, uh, in the Bible, Jesus talks a lot about not offending people. And if you speak about God, ladies and gentlemen, and that offends somebody, that's one thing. But if you're speaking about politics and all this other stuff like that with people, and it's actually driving a wedge between you, maybe hold off on that. Maybe back off on that kind of talk. You know what I mean? Maybe give 50-50. I know that us Trump supporters and us MAGA uh, uh, people, we're like, we're just going to speak our mind. That's America. If you don't like it, too bad. Well, there's a problem with that. And that, that, that's the American Christian way of looking things, looking at things. And we, if we're going to be Christians, we can't be American Christians. We've just got to be Christians. So we do have to look at, I know that we are all about in the flesh and in a political world, especially MAGA, that we're all about, if you don't like it too bad, this is the way it's going to be. And we're moving forward. And there's something to be said about that. But when you're talking about personal friendships with somebody, you might want to know where to back off. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because we are to, we are to set out not to offend each other. And a lot of the times, and I'll do it too, I'll say things that I know offend people just to, just to tick them off. Probably shouldn't do that. Probably shouldn't do that. Remember how important friendship is. And remember how long life is. It's long, but it's also very, very, very short. Very short. Amanda says, you're right, Jeremy. Draw a line for Jesus. That's right. That's right. President of Kenya has said the same when CNN pressed him on same-sex marriage, Heather says. He he said that his country isn't worried about that because it holds traditional values. So based. So based. And that's where we need to be. You're talking about based. Let's be based in the Bible. Amen? Let's be based in the Bible. All right, let's move on. December 9th. So this is the next book I go to. One Year with Jesus in the Gospels. And this is by Andrew Womack. Now, we retired two books that we started with the other day because I've, I've already read through those for this year. Now, we will be adding new devotionals next year along with going back whenever we need to to reference it in the B-I-B-L-E. Okay? All right, here we go. December 9th. Luke 23:45 The veil is torn and the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst The veil spoken of here reached from the ceiling to the floor from the wall to the wall and separated the holy of holies from the holy place in the temple Solomon's temple was 30 cubits high you hear that in 1 Kings 6:2 but Herod increased the height to 40 cubits according to the writings of Josephus, a first-century historian. Therefore, depending on what standard you use to convert uh, cubits to feet, there is certainly as to, there is uncertainty as to the exact 
uh, cubit equaled in feet and inches. But this veil was somewhere between 60 feet and 90 feet high. 60 feet and 90 feet high. That's massive, folks. Imagine how big that is. Imagine how big the temple would have had to be, uh, been, for a veil to be that big. All right. It is significant that the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. No man could have torn that veil in this fashion. It was definitely God that rent the veil. The time when this veil was rent corresponds exactly with the moment that Jesus died. Now, do you want to know how true that is, folks? People that did, that did not like Jesus at all wrote that down and accounted for that happening. Okay, people that were anti-Jesus wrote that down and accounted for that happening. Jews wrote that down and accounted for that happening. Gentiles wrote that down and accounted for that happening. Everybody, historians, people that were literally respected historians wrote that down and made an account for that happening. And it, and what I'm saying that is, is because it happened at the moment Jesus died. And no man could have done that. And there definitely was an earthquake at that time. And you can look, you can even look to science. Science has proof of that. Okay, let's move on. Hebrews 9.19 tells us that the veil separated the holy of the holies where God dwelt from the rest of the temple where men dwelt. This signified that man was separated from God by sin. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Only the high priest was permitted to pass beyond this veil and only once each year. This symbolized the Christ who would enter into God's presence for us and make atonement. There was no longer needed to be that veil there. There was no, no longer did we need that veil to separate, separate sin from God. Jesus broke that wall down. Jesus broke that wall down when he died. So there was no need for that symbolism of that veil anymore. Absolutely incredible stuff here, folks. Absolutely incredible stuff here. The moment that Christ died, the veil was torn in two, revealing that the sacrifice had been made and that there is no longer any separation between God and man. Jesus tore the veil, that is to say his flesh, in two, and opened up a new way unto God through himself. What does Jesus say? There is no pathway to the Father unless you come through the Son. Jesus made himself the only doorway to get to God. That's it. And again, we talked yesterday about all of the prophets, all of the, uh, all of the, the, the men of God that died before Jesus, the David, uh, Elisha, Elijah, uh, Moses, all of them. None of them were in heaven. None of them were in heaven. They were in Sheol, which is now known as only hell. And they were waiting for Jesus so the moment Jesus did that, they all they got their reservation to heaven. Only way through G- to God is through Jesus. Period. Point blank. Nothing more. 
And again, there is scientific evidence. There is historical writings by historians and people who did not agree, who all accounted for this. Here's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. Let me have a drink of my Rise Up coffee here. Here's another thing. Have you guys ever seen the movie A Case for Christ? The true story about Lee Strobel's, um, Lee Strobel's journey when he set out as a factual finding reporter in the 70s, or I think it was the 70s when Lee Strobel did this, where he went out as a fact-finding journalist to prove that Christianity did not exist. This guy was the biggest atheist. The biggest atheist, ladies and gentlemen. He wanted so badly to prove to his wife who had converted because their daughter was saved in a restaurant by choking on something. If you don't know the story, let me bring you through the quick story. Most of you know this, but some of you don't. Okay, a case for Christ. Lee Strobel, massive atheist, right? Was he, him and his wife were both atheists. And if you've not seen this movie, please go do it. A case for Christ. Him and his wife were both atheists, okay? They weren't bad people. They just did not believe in a higher power. They did not believe in God. And they had a daughter. They did not want to raise her as a Christian or believe in God. They raised her as a little atheist, right? Well, in a, a restaurant one day, the daughter started choking. And when the daughter started choking, uh, this lady that was there, who was a big, big believer in Christ, uh, a child of God, she performed the Heimlich maneuver and saved the daughter. And from that moment on, from that moment on, she formed a relationship with Lee Strobel's wife, who was the mother of the child. The mother converted to Christianity, started going to church, started saying prayers with her daughter. Lee Strobel got absolutely upset, started drinking, started getting so mad, could not believe that she was a Christian, definitely still was fighting with her in front of the daughter about raising their child to believe in God. They wanted her to be a little atheist, and he was a he was a big-time reporter. And he's, he literally talked uh, his... his, um, his newspaper company that he worked for into funding this journey for him to set out to, to prove that Christianity did not exist. And all he did was prove that Christianity did exist by facts, by facts. He would, he went all over the world. He went all over the world. He went to the birthplace of Christ. He went to the death of Christ. He went to all these scholars. He went to Jewish synagogues. He went to all of these archives. And he literally did his due diligence. And he, and he was so set that he was going to prove Christianity wrong. And do you know that at every turn, he ended up just proving it to be right? And do you want to know why? Because there is more historical and factual evidence by so many different groups of people with so many different narratives and ideologies that they all counted these events in history so, so close to one another. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, but there is more factual historical evidence about the birth death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on this earth than there is of Caesar. And everybody knows who Caesar was. There is more factual historical evidence about the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ 
than almost anybody in history. Do you want to know the problem? Nobody wants to look at it. Nobody wants to read it. Nobody wants to give it the honest time of day. Do you want to know why? Not because they don't believe in it, because inherently they do believe in it. God wrote on your heart a conscience. A conscience means with knowledge. You know that he exists. The reason why you don't go to it is because you're afraid of what you're going to find out about yourself. It is the ultimate conviction. Nobody wants to look into a mirror and say, I am a giant piece of crap. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Who wants to look into a mirror and look at themselves and say, wow, you are a bad person. You are rotten to the core. You have a dark, cold, iron cold heart. And there's no good in you. Who wants to say that? Nobody does. Who wants to say that their life choice is wrong? Who wants to say that they're a thief or a liar or a blasphemer and actually feel that it's real? Who likes, who wants to do that? Nobody does. But when you do, everything changes. You don't become perfect. You don't become this like perfect being that puts yourself up on a pedestal better than everybody else. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters, they think that I think I'm better than them. They think, oh, Jeremy, there he is up on his high horse. Hypocrite. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He's only doing this to make money by doing a show. That's what my brothers and sisters say about me. Oh, up on his high horse, going to church, thinking he's better than everybody else. You know what I said? You know what I explained to them? Not only do I not think I'm better than all of you, I actually know how bad I really am. I actually, it's the exact opposite of what you think. I don't think I'm up here and that I'm better than you. I think I'm down here and I think I'm the lowest form of low on the earth. I know what I've done. I know what I do. I know what I say and I know what I'm capable of. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus is there because we can't be perfect. Jesus is there because we can't be better. Jesus is there because we are not on a pedestal. Jesus is there because we never will be. That's the point. That's the entire point. Where we are all your brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, thank you very much for that. Let's pop on that rumble chat here real quick. And I'd like to say thank you for the donors here. Look at the donors here. $20 from Meta, Meta F Demi. Thank you so much for Eli. Beanery, $20 for Eli. Bad Moon, $20 passing the communion. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you all. Sinner saved by grace. Loving that I can watch Jeremy live. Jeremy, please pray for me. I lost my best friend. We definitely will. None of us are perfect and we never will be, but Jesus loves us anyway. There's no bigger or better than than love than Jesus has for us all. Amen. Amen. We all need Jesus. Are they Christians, Jeremy? Well, they, they are and they're not. They are, they just don't know it yet. How about that? 
I know they all are. I can see Jesus in them. They just don't want to admit it. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to know what we know. And not be able to share it with people who don't want to hear it. What breaks my heart even more. Is that if my family continues down the road that they're on. I don't get to see them in heaven. And what breaks my heart just as bad is seeing that the train is coming after them at a thousand miles an hour and they're standing on those tracks with headphones on and they're not facing the train and they can't see it and I'm screaming to them, get off the tracks and they can't hear me. All they're doing is waving at me with a smile on their face and I can't get to them in time to push them off the tracks. I can yell it all I want, but I can't get there in time to push them off the tracks because you can't push somebody to Jesus. You can only offer advice. They have to make that step. They have to open their arms. I can't force them to do that. That is the choice that God gave us. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, God does not send anybody to hell. You punch your own ticket to hell. God judges you not by your goodness, but by the evil things that you've done that you, ref- that you refuse to repent from. It really, really, really is a shame. All you're trying to do is save somebody's life. So again, God does not send anybody to hell. I want you to make sure that your family members who look down on you for whatever it is that you are doing with the Lord, I want you to let them know God is not sending you to hell. You're sending you to hell. Cowboy Farmer says, religion will make you think you've earned a higher place. Christ humbles you. Amen. Amen. So again, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you life is short, trust me. As a Christian, trying to get my friends and family to understand exactly what it is that, I've, that I know and what I'm going through and that what I see and what I hear every day is, op- is, is right there readily available for them. And you know what I see? Nine times out of 10, I see depression, I see anger, I see not being happy with what they have, wanting more, jealous, thinking that they deserve more or something like that, nonstop unhappiness. Like, yes, they can get happy, but no joy. That's what I should have said. No joy, joyless. And I love to see somebody happy, but to see somebody with joy is something very different. Thank you for praying for my brothers and sisters. I appreciate that. I really do. I really do. You're welcome, Mustache. She says, Jeremy, thank you for what you're doing. You're doing great, help, uh, helping people get closer to God. Uh, God will bring your family around. with what, Well, you know, one thing I've learned is that my son, remember when my son um, was going through all that stuff and he just couldn't, 
He just couldn't get out of his own way, and he was saying he didn't believe in God and wouldn't pray, and now he knows every book of the Bible by heart. He came home. I had to. I have to leave it on God. That's one thing that you cannot get depressed about. You can get saddened, but you cannot let it depress you when your family is doing what they're doing. All you can do, ladies and gentlemen, is plant seeds and pray. Plant seeds and pray, and don't offend them on purpose. Because what they're going to see is Christianity in a bad light. And that's not, think to yourself this. You guys have seen all the movies about Jesus. You know who Jesus is. You read about Jesus. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. You don't have to know every answer to every question that somebody gives you in the Bible. You don't have to know where the verse is to point them to. But you do know what Jesus would do. Because if you are in a relationship with Jesus, no matter how bad you think you still are, how much you sin, we all sin. It is just the way that is. Okay, but when you're in a relationship with Jesus, you know what he would do. In any given situation, you know how he would act in an argument with a spouse if he had one. You know how he would act at his children if he got mad at them. You know. So it's not hard to know what decision to make in life if you know Jesus. Later says, that video of your son was amazing. Thank you again for sharing. Proud dad moment with us. Huh. So uh, somebody's asking if you could, how do you donate here? You donate here by clicking the money bag. Donate here by clicking the money bag down at the bottom of the chat there. All right, let's go to Every Day with Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. This was a book given to me by Sam and Linda Majaya, literally one of my favorite books. Today we're going to be reading um, from something titled Faith Operates by Love. Faith Operates by Love. Galatians 5, 1 through 13. But really, we're going to focus on Galatians 5, 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. The dictionary defines work as, quote, to operate or cause to operate, especially effectively. The driving force behind true biblical faith is God's kind love. When we have a clear revelation of God's love for us, faith comes naturally. Faith is a byproduct of God's love. Once a man argued with me that God doesn't heal all the time. His motivation for this belief was the fact that his 12-year-old daughter was quadriplegic and mentally retarded. He believed God made her that way. I shared scriptures. He shared scriptures. And we arrived at a stalemate. Finally, I asked, quote, what kind of father are you that you don't love your daughter enough to see her healed? He became really mad and assured me that he would do anything to see his daughter healed, even to the point of taking her place if that could happen. And I responded, quote, do you think God loves her less than you do? He could argue doctrine, but when it came down to love, it was inconceivable that a God who not only has love, but is love, would not use his power to see us whole. Those who don't believe that he will act on their behalf are people who don't understand his love 
for them. Faith works when we know the great love God has for us. Ask the Lord for revelation of how much he loves you today and watch your faith come alive. You can't move the mountain if you don't have the faith the size of even a mustard seed. And now we're going to go to Jesus Listens as I'm running out of time here. From December 9th. Jesus, my creator, your world tells me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You have built into my brain the amazing capacity to observe my own thoughts. So it's possible for me to monitor my thoughts and make choices about them. I've discovered that worry is often a result of thinking about things at the wrong time. If I think about things that trouble me while I'm lying in bed, it's all too easy for me to start worrying. But when I monitor my thinking, I can interrupt those anxious thoughts quickly before I find myself deep into worry. Again, folks, this is talking about training. Taming your tongue is, is almost impossible. But if you can tame your tongue, you can do anything. But if you can't tame your tongue, you definitely can't tame your thoughts. You must tame your tongue before you can tame your thoughts. Taming your thoughts is basically a training exercise. Knowing that when you're thinking of something that you shouldn't, ask yourself, Jesus, please take this away from me. Let me think about something different. It, it, it sounds easy, but it's not. But once you have that faith and once you have that understanding, it becomes easy like anything else. Teach me how to discipline my mind so I can minimize worry and maximize worship. Minimize worry and maximize worship. Speaking of maximize, RJ Cat, $400. Good morning. Love this family and love this show. Do you realize how much $400 does to help this show? Do you realize how much it does to help Eli? Eli, RJ Cat just donated $400. He's out there expressing his thank you so very much. Please alert me through your spirit when I'm thinking about something at the wrong time. A worrisome thought at time, at a time when I can do nothing about it. Help me to direct my thinking away from that hurtful thought and toward you, Jesus. I delight in praying verses from the Psalms back to you, drawing to you in worship by expressing my love for you and trust in you. I love you, O Lord, my strength. I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. I can guarantee you if the Lord brought you to heaven right now, the last thing that you would ever, 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 ever be worrying about is anything on this planet. You would not worry about your bills. You would not worry about what people thought of you. You would not worry about anything if you were to be taken to heaven right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you were to be taken to heaven right now, you would not worry about a thing. That's the the way God wants us. He wants us the way we are to be in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. That is why you can't worry about things, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now we're going to get to this last little bit of reading, and then I'm going to let you go with our great song, which is called Armor of God. Can't leave without that. But we're going to get back into our Christian ethics book. This is a massive book that was given to me by my, by my pastor. Okay, we're going to get into the next chat, the next um, paragraph here of what we're talking about. My emphasis in this book is also different from a third approach that I will call theological ethics. Rather than seeking to understand and apply that the whole Bible teaches us how to live, 
which is his approach, theological ethics begins with a few major Christian doctrines and then reasons from those doctrines to ethical uh, conclusions. For example, Oliver O'Donovan starts with the doctrine of the resurrection of Christ and reasons from it to several significant ethical conclusions. Another example is Richard B. Hayes, who starts with the New Testament doctrines of community, cross, and new creation, and then reasons to ethical conclusions. I agree that the doctrines that they use as starting points are clearly emphasized in the New Testament. But rather than limiting our study to what can be deducted or deduced, excuse me, from those doctrines, in this book, I will attempt to take into account the teachings of the whole Bible and each ethical topic. And that will include taking into account biblical passages that contain ethical teachings that could not be directly derived from those important doctrines. Folks, I want to stop that right there because I want to tell you something. A lot of people have a hard, hard, hard time understanding the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And a lot of people honestly believe that the Old Testament um, is basically null and void because of the New Testament. None of that is true. Here is the best way for me to describe the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a series of books that has one major message from the beginning to the end of the Old Testament, and that is this. It is God's promise to destroy death and unite us with him in heaven. The Old Testament is God's promise to destroy death And the New Testament shows us how he did it. That's it. It's part one and part two. The New Testament basically brings everything from the Old Testament to life. The New Testament basically puts the icing on the cake from everything that the Old Testament is. The Old Testament tells us of God's promise to destroy death and reunite us in heaven with our God and Lord and Savior. And the New Testament tells us how he did it. Jesus Christ. Boom. There's the best example or the best explanation I can give you for the Old and New Testament. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for being here with me today. I want you to stay tuned, though, because I'm going to leave you with our Armor of God video, myself and Dave Bray USA, because every day you should leave this show wearing your Armor of God. Every day you should leave a little bit more encouraged, and every day you should leave a little bit more inspired. Thank you so very much for joining me today on this this, uh, last show of the week of Rise Up and our first first full week. It looks like we're going to continue this show. It is by popular demand that we're going to continue this show. So thank you very much. Again, we will have a show here at 11 o'clock. We have Loud Majority coming up here in five minutes. But I will not be doing a night show tonight because my five-year-old daughter has her Christmas concert. And I'd forgotten about it. She reminded me last night. And there's no way I'm going to miss that. So I love you all. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So put, so um, keep your head up. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high, ladies and gentlemen, because you are a child of God. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Armor of God on your way out. God bless you guys. Remember, loud majorities coming up next. And I want you guys to give them as much love as you give me. I'll see you at 11 o'clock. Peace out. Onward, Christian soldier. You wear the armor of God now. You wear the armor of God now. Onward, 
your chest Get on your knees and just confess Get on your knees and just be blessed Hit him with these and you'll beat that test But I'm bad at tests and I like to sin 16 years old, I was high to begin 30 years old, I was crying within Man, why did I always try to fit in? Thinking of things that might come next Thinking of drinking drugs and sex Thinking about all my regrets Thinking of these absurd requests To my wife and kids that are on the phone They've been feeling all alone They've been waiting day and night For the minute that daddy come rolling home And I thought I could do it all by myself Thought I could do it without God's help Thought I could do it from the minute I was in it But I didn't even know there was anybody else It felt the same way just like me Help was on the way, you'll see J-E-S-U-S was coming and he came in the name of G-O-D I was watching over you Through all your darkest days so I could Bring you to the light, let you know that it was me My God, you were so, so far from saved I remember every time that you cursed my name That J-E-S-U-S, you praise is a name That lets you know that you are saved now save Yes, now. you are saved now save I sent the breaker of chains, is here to stay now stay I brought now. you through that house of pain I strengthened you through suffering I raised you up, up on your knees And I pulled you out from the devil No, you never knew, never knew Never knew I was it for I will run, 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 run,